Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I'm your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week on the podcast, we have an amazing guest. Her name is Anne. Anne is a coach, and for 20 years, she has been helping women learn how to communicate. She's a certified John Maxwell team coach, speaker, and trainer with For Better Forever, which is co-founded with her husband. She trains couples and women to teach them communication and conflict resolution skills. She teaches young people and students about how to avoid falling for a jerk. She also has had the opportunity to teach value-based leadership skills and principles to students in Paraguay with John Maxwell. She has trained and taught addicts in recovery, in jail, and in a recovery home to help them change from the inside out with personal growth and relationship values and principles that support their sobriety. She also has a membership for women called Sisterhood Journey Membership and is focused on the four lanes of communication, which is God talk, self talk, people talk, and leadership talk. She also has five adult children and 11 amazing grandchildren. I absolutely enjoy talking to Anne. She has some practical ways on what she does to have relationships with God. But without further ado, and before I tell her whole story, here is the interview that I did with Anne. Hello, Anne. How are you doing today? I'm great, Kiana, and it's wonderful to meet you, and thank you for having me on the Finding God podcast. You are welcome, and I'm so excited to meet you. <laughs> I have a couple of questions that I love, would love to ask you, and these are questions I ask every single guest. So I want to start you off with the initiation question. What was your childhood like? Okay, I, um, we lived in the country. Uh, my dad was a tradesman and my mom, she was his bookkeeper okay. and she worked, she worked from home. So I got to see that being modeled. I'm a, I work from home now and uh, my mom and dad, they didn't go to church, but they sent me to church. So <laughs> Church was just down the road so I could walk to church by myself and they would come if I was participating in the service, like at Christmas time. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I, yeah, I never really thought about that at the time. And frequently, I would have belly aches that I didn't have to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, my childhood was mostly like pretty ordinary, really okay. pretty ordinary. Um, I mind you, I didn't learn to read as a little kid in school. And that very much impacted how I viewed 
myself. And I was 15 before I read my first book all the way through. And so I had to work really, really hard in school. So that really impacted the way that I saw myself. And I, I remember, um, really not liking myself as a little girl. Right. And yeah, although I had a uh, like a very kind father mm-hmm. and I always remember my dad, my my siblings are spaced out and I'm in the middle and uh, a middle of five. And so wow. I have three brothers who are wonderful and my older brothers just doted on me something awful. They were so good to me. <laughs> And so they were kind of my protectors as well, even at school. And uh, so uh, I had a pretty ordinary childhood for the most part, uh, I would say. Um, But I was very lonely, I I think, because I was in the middle and I had these older siblings. My brother's nine and seven years older than I am. Oh, yeah. And then younger siblings. And uh, I felt very lonely much of the time. Yeah, I understand that because I know, like, I grew up in a home where we were all close in age. So I was the oldest, and my sister was literally like a year younger than me. And my youngest sister was four years younger than me. But there was a huge difference between the relationship I had with my sister, who was like a year younger than me, than the relationship I had with my sister, who was four years younger than me. And so I can I can understand how that would work out because when you're younger and you're getting older and going through adolescence four years seems like an eternity until you get to be an adult and you're just like oh just four years but when you are 16 and your sibling is 12 like that is a huge (laughs) age difference so I can see why you were lonely if you were all spread out and there was no one close to your age yeah yeah uh, in the summertime, my parents had a, a cottage that we would move to, and uh, it was just a simple cottage. But we we were outside in the water every day, all day, and it was it, tremendous freedom. There were no helicopter parents. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is amazing. So... And when you were younger, you mentioned you went to church by yourself and you did things in church. So what was your perception of God at that young age? What did you think about him? Oh, I, I remember thinking of him as a distant God, like just so far away. And I, I actually remember walking home from church and kind of shaking my fist at heaven more than once and, and just kind of shouting at God, like, I yeah. hate this world. Why did you make me? Even at a at like at a very young age, I just remember wow. thinking, "I hate this world. Why did you make me? I don't want to be here." Wow, what made you feel that way? Because that's kind of a strong feeling to have at such a very young age. It was a very strong feeling to have, and you know, I don't really know why. I I think my mom had the news on twenty four seven, and that greatly impacted my image of this world. Um, Cuban Missile Crisis and all these awful things that are happening in the world. I think that that was why I didn't want to be here. I think I lived in a lot of fear. I understand. My mom would watch the news all the time. Like I was the kid who grew up watching 60 Minutes and I was afraid a lot too because on the news you see so many terrible things that could happen and go wrong. So yeah, I can understand why you would feel that way because the news can be kind of depressing, especially at a young age if you don't know how to compartmentalize everything that you see 
can't put it in a place without it letting it affect your life. So I totally, I get that totally. Yes. Even as adults, I think can, can, I think it's so negative and I, I I monitor myself and I, I listen at small bites Mm -hmm. and I make sure that I'm taking in enough uh, good news. (laughs) I get that too. I give myself, what I usually do with the news is like, I'll watch it the day after because when I watch it the day of, it just seems so much more urgent. So I watch news like a day behind and then I just watch a half an hour early in the morning. And then after that, I just leave it off for the rest of the day because yes. it can be overwhelming, especially with everything going on in the world. Yes, absolutely. That's a great idea, Kiana. I want to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about your adolescence. So what was that like for you? So I, so because I went in feeling very fearful, I, I moved right into adolescence also feeling very fearful and very much alone. And then by the time I was uh, 15, I met a young man and it, he greatly impacted my life. And I shamelessly chased him because I wanted a date. <laughs> And I would write, I would sit in his desk and write him notes and leave them in his desk. And then he would write back to me. And so we started this conversation by notes and then eventually it moved to the telephone and all I wanted was a date. That's all I wanted. But he wouldn't give me a date, Kiana. And I was like, why? Why? And he said, it's because you're not a Christian. Awesome. Well, what is so great about you anyway? That's what I thought. And so he he proceeded to share the gospel with me, and I had never heard anything, though I had been going to church, not regularly, but whenever I was sent, um, I had never heard the gospel. And there was something that was so attractive about him. He was a leader in our school. He was different than the other guys. He wasn't out on the weekends drinking. And I was so intrigued and so curious. I had so many questions to ask him. And as he was sharing like the gospel with me, and then he encouraged me to start reading my Bible, which I did have a Bible, but I never read it before. (laughs) And so I started to crack open that new Bible that I had never read before. And I started in John and, and I was more confused than ever. I didn't understand a word that I was reading. And I just, and I didn't, I couldn't, um, I couldn't put together what I was reading in scripture and then what he was telling me about who God was. I did not understand it at all. It was like Greek to me. It really was. And then um, I, in desperation, I got down on my knees uh, and I cried out to God. It was in my dad's barnyard. We had horses and it was a, a dark night. And I just, I got down on my knees and I cried out to God and I said, God, you promised me that that if I if I would seek you, I would find you. And I'm seeking you, and I can't find you. Where are you? And it was in that moment that it was God was right there, and it was like He was saying to me, "I'm here, I'm with you, and I am yours, and you are mine, and I've made you for a purpose on purpose." Mm-hmm. And I got up from that moment, 
and I rushed to my bedroom and I opened up my Bible and it was like the words were just jumping off the page. It was wow. so cool. It was like, oh, that's what that means. Oh, that's, I, and it was like the, well, the word of God became alive to me in that moment that the Holy Spirit was just revealing God's truth to me uh, in a way that I, I hadn't understood before. And so I had come to know Christ in that moment and in, in that time. That is awesome. And I love how you say you prayed and God actually told you what you were missing, helped you understand the Bible. Because so many times, you know, we, people will look at the Bible and like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. And I always say, if you ask God for anything, he will help you. So you ask him to help you understand what he's telling you. then of course, he's going to do that because he wants to know us and he wants us to know him. So. He will absolutely help you. And I love to hear your story about that because it is so true. I know there's been times where I read something, I didn't get it. And I'd be like, God, I don't understand. Like, why? What's going on? Or what are you saying? Why did they do that? And then I might find another verse later on explaining what I asked or, you know, he always lets me know the answer to my question. So I find that amazing. That's what happened to you when you were 15 years old. It was just, it was so life-changing um, that, you know, someone had said to me, uh, this is going to wear off. And I said, oh, no. Oh, 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 no. Like, I found life, what I, what I was missing all along and the hope that I so badly needed. I found that I was never, ever going to. I was like this hungry, thirsty, like starving person walking through the desert with nothing else around mm -hmm. and all of a sudden someone gives me a cup of water and saves my life mm -hmm. and I was like I'm gonna follow this person forever I'm gonna follow this God forever uh, I am not gonna let go because this is my life that is awesome so you mentioned it was life-changing so tell me a little bit more about how it was life-changing for you mm. well first of all um, I started Actually, I uh, I did let this guy know that I had come to Christ legitimately, and I did get a date. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started to date, and then three years later, we actually married. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was life-changing because I started to go to church with him, uh, and it was a different church and it had, it was more alive and it was, there were a lot of young people in that church. And so all of a sudden I realized, oh, there are other people like me who believe. And it gave me a community of young people to have fun with. And I didn't know that I wasn't a drinker. In fact, I had grown up with alcohol and so I wasn't, I, I was not going to go into addiction it was yeah. a decision I had made even not being a Christian I had made that decision but I had never seen a group of young people have fun without drinking right and so here were a group of people a group of kids my age that were playing games and laughing and and partying and having a good time without the booze and I was like this is so amazing and and um Positivity is my number one strength, which I didn't know at that time, right. but it was really feeding into that, that fun part of me that loves to, to have a good time and to joke and to have a sense of humor. And so I found a community of people. I found a place 
to belong. And I found this incredible hope and then this incredible hunger within me to know more about who is this God and what does he have for me? Because the message he'd given me was that he'd made me for a purpose on purpose. So it was then seeking, what is that purpose? (laughs) Tell me more about that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So how old were you when you found out the purpose that he had for you? What was (laughs) that purpose? I would like to find out. Well, I think there are two kinds of purpose that we all seek and follow. And the pur- one of the purposes that he gives us is just that purpose to glorify and honor him, right? right. That's that big grant that every every person is invited into. Um, yeah. He calls all men, women, and children to himself, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's that other purpose, the secondary purpose right. that in the way that he's made us, because we're all so different. We all have different experiences. We come from different places. We have a different circle of people around us. And so that purpose that I discovered didn't come until years later after we had been married for some time and our marriage started to break down and I didn't know how to get back to that love and this creeping separateness had grown between us, this emotional space. And so um, I desperately wanted to get back to the love that we once had, but I didn't know how until one night we were sitting in our farm truck outside our favorite restaurant and it was a date. It was supposed to be a date. (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. Wow. And he, he said, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. I said, we just keep hurting each other. We don't resolve anything. Right. And I'm so hurt. And that conversation landed on his heart in a better way than it had before. Right. Um, I had been kind of dancing around it and not really addressing it clearly. Mm-hmm. And that night he opened up to me that he wasn't happy either. Right. And we had, we'd had five kids in six years. Oh, well, that can take a real toll on your marriage. Like quickly. <laughs> I was pregnant one month after we were married. So yeah. we didn't have any honeymoon period after we had been married. And then he was new to farming and learning uh, to farm and he didn't know what he was doing. He often came home frustrated and angry, upset. And so this created this external challenges for our marriage. But then there was this internal challenge that we were facing because we didn't know how to communicate what was happening around us. And, And then we didn't know how to conflict in healthy ways. In fact, we avoided conflict. I, (laughs) We avoided conflict, and now I know that conflict is important. is is It is essential for our relationships, uh, for us to be able to conflict in healthy ways. Yeah. But we were avoiding each other and avoiding conflict, and so we were not talking about important conversations that needed to be had. Right. And so we gradually grew apart until that night, and we recommitted to each other that we would get the help that we needed in order to get well again. And that began a new purpose. And that was, how do we love each other? So the Bible says, you know, love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And who's your closest neighbor but, you know, the the one you live with, right? Yeah, pretty much. But what does that mean and what does that look like? And so that started us both on a personal journey to discover how to love each other, Mm -hmm. how to communicate, how to conflict in healthier ways. 
And very quickly, we started to get better because we started to apply the lessons we were learning. Yeah. We started to get better. And then we looked at each other and said, we can't keep this to ourselves. There are other couples out there that, you know, they're not toxic. We weren't toxic. We right. had some hard things to work through. And it wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't like, boom, and then we're all better. It was a process. I say it's a decision and mm -hmm. to make that recommitment, but then it's a process. Yeah. But that process, it it put us, it gave me new purpose to help other couples learn the lessons and other women learn the lessons mm -hmm. that we were learning along the way. And so we started to take other couples with us. We started to partner with other churches and teach couples what we were learning, what God yeah. was teaching us. Yeah, through experts. And so this uh, now, for over 20 years, I've been working with women and with couples, and uh, now it's been a business for six years, and, oh, wow. and now I cur currently work with my daughter, and together uh, we create content for women and uh, to help them have the relationships that they really want um, to fulfill that calling, you know, love the Lord mm -hmm. your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Because I'm a relationship coach as well, so I do understand, like, how all these things play together. But I love the fact that you were able to take, like, a terrible time in your life and then realize, okay, so we're not talking and we're not doing this. Because so many times you can, it's easy to say, well, you know, it's my partner's fault, it's this person's fault. But you were able to sit down and actually do some self-assessment and realize that both of you had a part to play in this and you both needed to work on it. And I love how you said that you both recommitted at that moment so instead of giving up on each other you're like okay this is going to be hard but we are going to work this out and I think that's awesome because I do think even though kids are great and whenever you have them that's good I think but I do think that when you don't have time to kind of connect with your partner at first it can it can put you behind just a little bit and I'm saying that's my own personal experience as well so I totally understand how that all plays out and how that can cause you to be disconnected especially if your whole time is just thinking about if you had just have kids work have kids work and you really don't have time for each other I can see how mm -hmm. that happens yes and it really is like this creeping separateness is what my friend calls it it kind of sneaks up on you yeah and when you have kids it's it's you're busy looking after all these little needs that are important needs yeah um, but it's easy to think that other person he does he, he sh he's an adult he should be able to look after himself <laughs> but it's not it's not just that it's looking after the two of us right yeah it's exactly. not just caring for him but it's caring for us and and in turn it's caring for myself as well when when we're taking care of each other and taking care of our marriages and mm -hmm. I think it's so important to prioritize I so much agree with you can I just see that we don't prioritize our marriages enough and be sure. become so child-centered that our marriages take a back seat. And what's left when kids leave home? That's, well, if you don't have a good relationship, then it's almost like you have nothing. And I think that's why so many people, like after the kids move out, graduate, go to college, there's a lot of divorce because all the time was spent raising the kids. That was what everyone was focused on. And no one took time to get to know each other. So there's no kids and that's your common bond. Then you have nothing once they leave. 
nothing. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so I love to get in front of uh, pre-married couples and work with them as they're getting ready for their marriage. And, and we said to each other before we got married, if we ran into trouble, we would get the help we needed. And now I say to my pre-married couples, when you run into trouble, that's what I should, that's what we should have said to each other, when you run, because I think all couples at some point can use, you know, help. Uh, they may not go to the degree and to the depths that we went to. They may not crash like we did, mm -hmm. but we can all use a checkup. Heaven's sakes, we go to the dentist and we get a checkup and, and we go and get our car tuned up why don't we go and get our marriages tuned up I think it's brilliant <laughs> yes that is so true because we don't it's like I read an article that said that couples normally wait seven years after they see problems start they wait seven years after that before they see a counselor and <laughs> then it takes time after that before things actually start to work so I think like you said it's better to be proactive than reactive because if you have to be reactive then you're already starting behind and sometimes it's harder and there's more negative feelings, negative emotions, so it's harder to do it. I mean, it can be done because you are a living testimony. It can be done. And I know I've experienced some things, so I know it can be done. But it's just easier to do these things before you have the problem. If you see something that doesn't feel right, start there. Start immediately. Don't wait seven years down the line before you decide, hey, there's a problem. Maybe we should work on this, you know? <laughs> Right. I call it stacking. Like when we stack all that pain on top of each other. And then by the time we go for help, we have all that stuff to work through. Mm -hmm. And I, I just so much agree with you go for help sooner than later. And so that you don't have that big stack to work through. You've got a smaller pile of stuff to work through. <laughs> yeah. And the pain is not as deep if you just yes. wait all those years. Yes, because in the meantime, we're hurting each other, right? We're right, wounding yeah. each other. And in whether it's that we're not listening to each other, or we're not feeling heard, um, we're wounding each other. And, and that is painful to work through. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question. If there was someone out there actively looking for God, what advice would you give them? I would say open your Bible and sit with God and ask him the questions like, who, who are you in this passage? And what are you saying to me? And I would say, quiet your heart and, and quiet everything, quiet all the noise and just listen, listen for his voice. Cause he loves to speak to us. He loves to share through his word and through his Holy spirit. He longs for us to know him and so just to sit quietly and read your read read the scripture and and then just ask and and i'd say start in john like like my husband shared with me many years ago before he was my husband start in john and just ask those questions of him and and he'll show up i i have confidence in that absolutely well and thank you so much for being a guest on the finding god podcast it was a pleasure talking to you and guys all of her information will definitely be in the show notes so all you'll have to do is click on the links and you can definitely get in contact with her well thank you again for being a guest and have a wonderful evening thank you so much kiana for having me on the finding god podcast it's a pleasure Anytime. to be here what an amazing interview. I especially love how Anne talks about some of the challenges that she faced with being married and how having all those kids at one time put a little strain on her marriage. I also like how she talked about what she did to talk to her husband and how they worked things out. 
and what she does when it comes to her relationship with God as well. It's like you can kind of see a parallel, like, relationship that she has with her husband and how she's able to work on it and communicate with him. She's also able to have that same type of relationship with God where she talks to God and communicates with God in an effective and practical way. And when I say practical, I mean it because so many times we think, um, I know when I was a kid, let's just go there, I was always told, pray without ceasing. And I was just like, how? How can you pray without ceasing? How can you pray without stopping? And it's easy to do. You just talk to God all through the day like he was your friend, like he was your best friend. But that was not explained to me. So I had the misconception that I had to be on my knees like every single day, all the time, praying and praying. But it's about having that relationship and about talking to God and asking questions, just like you would talk to a friend. So I absolutely love that about Anne's interview. So guys, if you are having some issues trying to figure out how do I talk to God? How do I get to know God? I want you just to talk to him. Just like you would a friend, carry on a regular conversation and you will be surprised at what God tells you and the answers you will get when you take the time to talk to God and to get to know him as your friend. Our artist of the week is Suave Coleon and this week we are going to be listening to his new single called Extraordinary. Yo. Yeah, yeah. Come on. 
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Anne, Suave Coleone, or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on the links in the show note and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest. And I promise you, I will get in contact with you and we'll schedule a day and time for you to record the interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.